following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Mm. Uh, uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not giving visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Daddy, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. <laughs> you think Jack is a Latino? I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on one second here. The Jackal. All right, everybody, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head, live on PSN Radio, and of course, the world-famous SoFlow Radio. Thank you all for joining me tonight and uh, spending your evening here with me as I uh, have another day in paradise to report to you all. And uh, tonight's going to be a very cool night. I have uh, some new stuff that I want to go over. And on the second hour, I'm going to have a very special uh, uh, guest on the show, somebody who I'm a big fan of and uh, whose show actually we uh, syndicate here on the PSN uh, radio and uh, we do broadcast on PSN TV as well. Uh, The Spud Goodman Show, if you're not familiar with that show, Highly recommend it. Very good, very funny, very informative, and has the best intro music of any show. Uh, I mean, across the board. Accordion Joe is a genius. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying any more than that. Uh, but uh, you guys are going to have fun with uh, the Spud Goodman cast. I think there's going to be more than uh, just Spud on, but um, am I right there, uh, Petey? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's uh, uh, according to my producer, Petey. It's going to be more than uh, than Spud, but Spud Goodman, awesome show. Uh, and, again, if you guys have not heard it, uh, check out the uh, podcast at, uh, at his website. You can find all details on it by going on, of course, our website, PSN uh, Radio. Actually, it's now publicstreamingnetwork.com. And you go there, and uh, you hear, you see the little tab on the menu that says PSN Radio. Click on that. Or if you want to just do uh, publicstreamingnetwork.com forward slash PSN radio. It'll take you right to where the radio station is for the network. Um, uh, man, I can't wait for that uh, for that interview in the second hour. Uh, we have a, a lot of uh, stuff happening in, in the news. Uh, you know, this has been a very busy week. Very uh, tragic uh, week for a lot of people within the uh, the world of uh, news. Uh, a lot of uh, really just bizarre and evil things have been happening. And uh, I, you know, out of everything that's gone and all the chaos that's happening in the world, the worst of all, and the one I feel the worst for, is the Snyder fans. I feel bad for you guys, Zack Snyder fan. Yeah, I'm talking about Zack Snyder, Petey. Of course, yeah, we'll, we'll get to politics in a second. Hold on, my producer's like, are you sure that's the, the number one thing you want to, like, address right now? And I'm like, yeah, Petey, that's the, the thing I want to address right now. It's been brought to my attention 
by a, a good friend of the show here, one uh, Mr. Daryl Chambers. Uh, he goes by the name or the handle California Guy. And he is um, somebody I've known for about, uh, what, eight years now, Petey? Yeah, about eight years. And uh, he's uh, going to join us on the TV uh, show we're going to put together, um, RT Extreme. Uh, it's the name so far we got working. Uh, and it's, uh, that's something we're going to be addressing later on in the future. But uh, really, uh, you know, he's a good friend. He's been on the roundtable and stuff with me in the past. And he brought something to my attention, which, you know, for you uh, Snyder fans, I'm sorry. You know, the, the, I, I want to, you know, I don't want to say it, but I told you, you know, you know, this is just, uh, this is not exactly something that I wasn't expecting. Uh, but this is coming from uh, Cosmic Book, or you know, not comic, but Cosmic Book News. And it reads, Zack Snyder's Justice League fails on HBO Max. Confirmed. It's been confirmed. Failed. It's a failure. And uh, it reads, and it continues here, reads like this. Uh, It says, just like I said last month, now it's confirmed that Zack Snyder's Justice League movie failed to deliver and bring in subscribers for the HBO Max streaming service, which was why it was greenlit in the first place. Now, as we know, AT&T has uh, released numbers offering the HBO Max and its premium cable channel, HBO, added about uh, 2.7 million domestic subscribers during the first quarter. Now, you know, it's worth mentioning, it says here, that AT&T is combining the numbers for HBO Max and HBO, which probably means HBO Max numbers are actually even worse than that. Now, uh, in an article here, it says that subscriber uh, numbers uh, for CNBC confirmed that Zack Snyder's Justice League cut did little to boost HBO Max's subscriptions. Uh, and confirms previous reports uh, that the writer here says has written in that Justice League Snyder Cuts is the the lowest-watched movie on HBO Max, confirming fewer viewers than Wonder Woman 1984. Ouch, and that bombed. And uh, also that it got destroyed by Godzilla vs. Kong, which was really good, by the way. Uh, which drew the largest audience on HBO Max. So again, it says here, which I previously reported on, uh, the article continues and it says, uh, let's see, the article also states uh, about the Snyder Cut, it says, in the first quarter, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League is well reviewed, uh, by HBO Max subscribers, but fell short of the record reached by Wonder Woman 84, Snyder, the Snyder Cut, which did not follow the strategy and was an exclusive launch on uh, HBO Max, was expected to also help drive subscriber growth, particularly after the company shelled out an estimate 30 to $70 million on reshoots and post-production. Warner Media declined to comment on the project's uh, financial term, uh, but let's just say that uh, this is probably 
probably the end of the DCEU Snyder version, but it also says here that it, um, just as I said that, Warner Brothers has changed its 2021 policy of releasing movies in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. For 2022, as in 2022 movies, will first be released exclusively in theaters. More than likely, AT&T Warner Media saw the terrible numbers for WW84 and the Snyder Cult, uh, I mean, cut, and immediately changed things. And, uh, let's see, I was told the only reason the Snyder Cut was greenlit in the first place was to bolster HBO Max. But we see that didn't happen, which explains why a last-minute change was made to release Snyder Cuts Justice League as a four-hour movie instead of a longer series, which is a big mistake. I agree. I mean, I tried sitting through this, and honestly, I can't make it to the first hour. I really, it's it's boring as all hell. I mean, are you, get, are you kidding me? Literally, like, yeah, stuff happens, but it's, you know, a lot of music, it's depressing, and Jesus. I mean, I I know that it has its fans and people that like it and seen the whole thing. I have not seen the whole thing because I can't make it past the first hour without falling asleep. But, I mean, at some point, a four-hour movie is just not a good idea. It really isn't. Uh, now, of course, you know, that you could just uh, watch an hour, then watch another hour later and, and do it like that. But, I, I mean, if they would have done this like a series, I think it might have been better. Um, but, yeah, that would have, again, that would have been a little bit more expensive, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they spent a lot of money for reshoots, and they, they really didn't reshoot much. I mean, I think it was uh, the Joker scene was was shot, and... There's a couple other scenes, uh, maybe, but it was like very small, you know, reshoots compared to the money they spent. And that's what their rumored report is. I mean, yeah, and Petey's pointing out that's just a report. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it might have been. Uh, I, I even heard a number of over maybe a hundred million was spent extra. On this project, I, I mean, they, you know, Warner Brothers uh, lost a ton of cash on this, and uh, they're probably never going to recoup it. That's a sad. I mean, they, yeah, they'll they'll maybe recoup it. I mean, I'm just talking uh, crap there, but uh, man, it's going to be a long time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is going to have a Blu-ray release. I'm assuming it, it probably will as they're going to want to squeeze out every dime they can out of this thing. And, uh, you know, whatever amount of fans they have. They, I mean, seriously, they probably have legit, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, 200,000 fans that are really uh, be supportive oh, and go out and buy the Blu-rays. Maybe 100,000 fans, 200,000 around there, you know, between that. I don't see it going into, like, the millions. Um, so even the Blu-ray release will probably do just okay for the first couple months and then fade away. Uh, you know, the Batman v Superman movie really left a lot of people, like, uh, just not interested. And then, then the the Joss Whedon Justice League just completely destroyed the uh, entire fabric of any hope. 
that they had in the, in the uh, entire franchise there, which is really a shame because, I mean, they they went in after the Nolan trilogy for Batman, and they really could have done something special, and uh, they they just fumbled that. Completely mismanaged the situation, guys. That's what happened there. They completely mismanaged the entire situation. And uh, they allowed uh, Zack Snyder to go in and, and give us this weird uh, take on uh, the Justice League and started off with Batman v Superman, which was just a terrible movie. Even the extended version was just awful. I mean, I, I know some of my buddies are like, oh, but you got to sit down and watch the, the the extended version. It's so much better. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a longer version of a bad movie. Like, so what if it explains, you know, a, a scene where Superman did something? I don't, I don't care. Movie still sucked. It was a crappy movie. Crappy, crappy movie. Like, you know, just, you know, get over it. Some movies are good, and then some movies not so good. That one, not so good. And what followed uh, was uh, not good either. And uh, let's see, uh, moving on, I have another uh, funny, ironic, and, uh, I, I mean, this is becoming, uh, uh, you know, an awfully uh, convenient thing for, for these two companies to continue to do, but... Once again, we have another actor who's been in both now, uh, well, it's going to be in both DC and Marvel, as uh, Russell Crowe, who, of course, we all remember played Jor-El in uh, the uh, Men of Steel movie, and uh, Russell Crowe is now confirmed uh, to be in uh, in a major role in the movie Thor, Love and Thunder, and he's going to be playing Zeus. That's right. Zeus, not Jesus, not Jesus, no. Zeus, like the Greek god. You know, put a lightning bolt up your ass, that that guy, yeah. And uh, Russell Crowe has uh, confirmed his role in the upcoming Marvel blockbuster, Thor, Love and Thunder, which, ironically enough, also uh, features Gore the Butcher, played by uh, the one and only Mr. Christian Bale, one of my favorite actors working today. Uh, so, so the 57-year-old Hollywood star revealed that he's set to play the god Zeus in the flick, which has, uh, again, uh, A-list pal Chris Hemsworth coming back to play Thor. Uh, so, so Rusty dropped the bombshell during an interview with uh, J-O-Y Breakfast, or Joy Breakfast, uh, with the Murphys this week, saying, explaining that he was due to complete his day of filming. So it's a quick cameo playing Zeus. Uh, you know, well, they could do a couple of scenes with him in one day. They don't. I mean, for a, a small role, they don't really need him for much. I guess you know, if he's gonna do like a what five ten minute scene, you could shoot all that in one day, especially with green screen technology now. But he said here, uh, now I'm gonna get uh, on my bicycle. I'm gonna ride uh, up to the Disney Fox Studios. And around about uh, 9.15, I shall be Zeus in Thor 4, Russell said. He added, it's my last day of uh, Zeusing about. Variety reported last month that the Kiwi Australian star was joining the new Thor installment in an unspecified role. But now we know he's playing Zeus, the god. Several cameo roles have already been given uh, to A-list stars as uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Uh, 
Uh, Sam Neill and Melissa McCarthy. Ooh, oh, man. Well, it just kind of, like, ruined the movie for me there at the end. But anyway, Sam Neill, uh, Melissa McCarthy, and uh, yeah, Matt Damon are joining the uh, cast, which already, again, has an awesome villain of gore, the Butcher, being played by the one and only Christian Bale. And uh, the film is being shot again in Sydney, where Russell lives, ironically enough. The Gladiator star recently spent uh, time with uh, Thor leading man Chris in Sydney. And <clears throat> we don't want to know what they were doing together. But uh, Rusty invited, invited the uh, hunk. Uh, yeah, that's what it says, guys. I'm not saying that myself, but I'm just reading, okay? And his wife, Elsa Pataki. Oh, Pataki, there's no S in there. Pataki. Is that, that's how you pronounce it, right? Pity Pataki? Okay. Uh, to his private box at the uh, South Sydney uh, Ribitos uh, versus Sydney Roosters game. Ribitos? I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, anyway, um, cool. Uh, they were also joined by the likes of uh, Isla Fisher, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, Tessa Thompson, and uh, Natalie Portman. That's cool. Uh, big, big audience there. Russell is uh, co-owner of the uh, Ribitos uh, NRL team. The Australian production of Thor, Love uh, and Thunder was made possible by a $24 million location incentive by the NSW and Australian government. Ah. In other words, we got a little... Uh, Bit of a break there, so, you know, they saved a little bit of cash. It makes sense. The fourth film in uh, Thor franchise stars Chris as the tutelar hammer-wielding superhero. Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Natalie Portman as Jane Foster. Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. And, of course, like I mentioned two times before, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. Uh, it is being directed by Oscar-winning filmmaker Tika Watiti who also uh, was the director of Thor Ragnarok, the Thor film in the series, and really a fun movie. I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Thor uh, in Love and Thunder sees Portman's character, uh, astrophysicist uh, Jane Foster, take up the mantle of Thor after transforming into a female version of the Norse god. Man, got to love those uh, gender-pushing uh, SJWs, huh? It's going to be a really silly and funny and great film, Natalie recently said, on the, of the project. So there you go, guys. Thor, Love and Thunder. What do you guys think of that, huh? Interesting stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, personally, I think it's going to be a, a fun movie. I like uh, Titi Watiki. He actually uh, directed an episode of uh, Mandalorian also. And uh, did a really good job on that. I mean, he's a good director. He's not a bad director. He, he You know, his action scenes are good. Uh, I like the character development. You know, it, it, he's, a, he's a fun uh, director to watch work also. If you see some of the behind-the-footage, behind-the-scenes stuff. So that should be fun. Uh, good cast, I mean, uh, other than Melissa McCartney. Ooh, that's tough. But uh, I'm just not a fan. Uh, never been, never really been a fan of hers, but uh, more or less after the Ghostbusters debacle. 
But I am looking forward to Ghostbusters Afterlife, and that's, uh, thank the heavens, will not have uh, Melissa McCartney in it. So that's good. Um, let's see. So that's the entertainment news. I know that there's a lot of political stuff, um, you know, that we should address. We have about another 20 minutes here uh, before we hit the break. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, getting kind of ugly out there with uh, the uh, drama going around. And I want to start with some light stuff. Uh, because, you know, there's this uh, conservative um, congressperson, a representative, and she's being mocked constantly. And, uh, you know, sometimes you bring it on yourself. Sometimes you don't. I don't really think she has. But, of course, she's a, a Trump supporter, so, you know, they, the left is attacking her for everything that she says. And, of course, I'm talking about my favorite new blonde, the new Karen of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And uh, she's getting mocked uh, over reading all 14 pages of the Green New Deal. And she tweeted about it, and, uh, no, the New Deal's not about her. Petey, uh, no. Uh, Petey's like, is that have anything to do with her? And, I, and I'm like, no, just, it's ironic that her name is Green, and the thing is called the Green New Deal. She didn't write the thing. Alright, Pete, just, uh, just calm down. Uh, yeah, Petey's like, he doesn't, I mean, he's not following the news. You know, the Green New Deal, Petey, is uh, the brainchild of the village idiot, or the brainless, uh, you know, one, as uh, we, we've come to lovingly uh, nickname her, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC for the layman's. And, uh, you know, she is the author of the Green New Deal, but I, I wonder if she could even recite what's in the 14 pages herself, but says here, uh, Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, has been wildly mocked on social media, because that's important these days, that social media mocking, oh boy, after tweeting that she planned to debate her Democratic colleague, AOC, uh, Ocasio-Smulet, as uh, we, we really should just start calling her that, Ocasio-Smulet, on her proposal of the uh, GND, the Green New Deal, but only after she had finished reading all 14 pages of it. Now, Green posted a photo of herself taking, uh, uh, talking to the New York represent representative at the House floor saying that she was preparing for a debate on Ocasio-Cortez's plan to tackle climate crisis. She said, I'm glad I ran into you today at AOC uh, to plan our debate about the Green New Deal. The self-described 100% uh, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-Trump representative wrote, after I finished reading all 14 pages, like we agreed, I'll schedule a time for our debate. And this is what brought on the mocking. Okay. The tweet was quickly picked apart, including by those who questioned why Green had yet to read the House resolution, despite her uh, repeated criticisms of it. And uh, it says here, quote, wait, let me get this right. You constantly attack the bill and everything it stands for, but you have never actually read it, tweeted uh, user Roy Williamson. 
that's a level of dedication uh, to ignorance that could almost be admired. Almost, wrote Twitter uh, user Scott Fitton. In reply uh, to the, uh, to a tweet uh, posted by comedian Patton Oswalt, who should have played the penguin, by the way, uh, 14 whole pages, look at Tolstia over here. Okay. Earlier in the day, Green had tweeted criticism of uh, the plan, claiming it would destroy the U.S.'s oil and gas industry just after uh, we became energy independent under President Trump. And, of course, his America First policies, adding that China, Russia, and uh, the, uh, adding uh, that China and Russia um, would benefit. Uh, Green's apparent dismay at the length of the Green New Deal was also ridiculed in her comments described as a self-owned. Maybe someone can make an audiobook for her, one person said. Responding to her tweet, another guy commented, if she thinks 14 pages is long, just wait until she actually reads the Bible that she claims to live by. Well, you haven't done that by now, you know, are you really that religious? Uh, last week, uh, Green challenged uh, uh, Ocasio-Smuleta to a live televised debate on the Green New Deal, insisting that it would be informative for the American people. They deserve to hear the two sides with pros and cons, she said. In February, the House representative voted in favor of stripping Green of committee assignments over her past inflammatory comments and the spreading of conspiracy theories, including promoting false claims that the school shootings in Parkland and Newton were fake, and uh, an anti-Semitic uh, theory that California wildfires were started by, I love this, guys, a Jewish space laser. Bring on the Jews! And the space lasers! Mm. Green, at one point a high-profile advocate of QAnon, the radical conspiracy that believed that Donald Trump would take down the secret high-profile satanic pedophile ring, has uh, since attempted to disassociate herself from herself. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I like uh, her tenacity. She She's a go-getter, man. She really is. But, yeah, you know, I've been saying this for a long time. Uh, you, you guys got to stop believing QAnon, man. Come on, man. You know, I've, look, I, I'm a Trump supporter. I, I voted for the guy. But even he's like, what the hell's QAnon? I don't know. But, you know, you guys out there that keep thinking that QAnon is telling you something that is even remotely true. Uh, what what's that wrong with you? I mean, are you even with anything other than but muscle? I mean, is that what you're thinking with? Because you're not using your head. I mean, let's be realistic here, uh, everybody. Queuing on. All these conspiracy groups. Look, there's a lot of this stuff that I don't trust for a reason, okay? And I'm going to address this very quickly. 
the reason I don't trust any of this crap is because it's too easily uh, for anybody to drop any kind of information out there that sounds, you know, like something to get motivated to get behind and you're just being led like sheeple. Okay, anybody can drop something and say, yeah, this is QAnon info. Go read it. QAnon. Hetero killing machine. What's the difference between the woman with the PMS and the terrorist? You can negotiate with the terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) And when I try to negotiate and tell my friends to stop it, they don't listen. It's like uh, Arnold just uh, said there. You can't negotiate with some people, and you can't, uh, I mean, you have a better luck negotiating with a, with a terrorist uh, than, than some of these going on in cuckoos. And, it's still, you know, he said women, but it really is. I'm talking about the whole entire spectrum of you guys out there and women and everybody who buzz into these uh, this going on nonsense. Uh, yeah, Peter, you, you played the wrong clip. Good job there, buddy. Um, I mean... Give yourself a pat. Alright, that's enough of that, Petey. We're not to start like searching for a new uh, producer. Anyway, uh, you know, QAnon, just, you know, guys, again, stop with this QAnon crap. Alright, stop believing the hype. I do love the uh, Jewish space laser. Man, that's funny stuff. They started the wildfires with the Jewish space laser. I mean, uh, look, I man, I don't know if she really said that. I haven't really heard her say that, but my goodness, that'd be funny as hell. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Uh, as far as the school shootings, yeah, they really happened. I don't think she even denied that part. I, I think where you know, some of uh, the criticism is a little funky on there is that she uh, accused David Hogg and a couple of the kids that came forward as being crisis actors and faking the funk, which I'll tell you what, look, I had a, a buddy of mine who was a uh, part-time teacher at Parkland, and uh, he, he's a podcaster. In fact, one of the reasons, uh, besides Louis the Artiste on the powwow, uh, that I was able to uh, meet the legendary George Rodriguez for you know years and years ago, now over a decade, uh, well, me and George met, but uh, one of the the main guys uh, that made it possible, besides Lewis, was uh, Kevin, uh, the Idaho Jew. I don't know if you guys on SoFloor remember this, but uh, uh, he was, uh, you know, kind of. I won't say too catalyst, but the day that I that I met George, he's the one that like you know walked me over and said, "Hey, George, look, this is Angel, the guy you you know you guys been talking on Skype, and he's a PSN radio guy." And, uh, you know, that was really cool. Uh, you know, Kevin was, uh, he was a cool dude, you know. He was a part-time teacher at Parkland, and uh, me and him got into it. Uh, he, you know, doesn't like me too much because I, I knew a couple other people that worked at the school. And, uh, yes, I, I've been told things, and Kevin kind of defended the students, and me and him got into it. And, unfortunately, he doesn't speak to me anymore because he, I guess, got offended by it. But from uh, my inside sources, not Kevin, but inside sources that I had, uh, which he knows some of these people, uh, David Hogg, uh, while he did attend the school, was and is an actor. 
And the thing that got me and uh, really concerned me was when I saw a backstage uh, shoot, uh, you know, behind the scenes of uh, an interview that the kids were going to do on air, live on air. They were all like giggling and laughing, and there was like a group hug going on. They were like all like best of buddies, and everything was all good. And they were all just like laughing, like nothing happened, right? And then as soon as the cameras uh, rolled on, they knew they were going to be live. They all started crying, and oh my god, it was the worst experience of my life. And you could tell this was, these were fake tears. And I think that's what uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was getting at, is that they put on a show for the media. While the shooting was real, my my heart goes out to the victims and, you know, condolences to the families for their losses. But the media really did cover this in a sense that, uh, you know, they used these kids who were acting. And David Hogg is, uh, you know, a self-described activist. Okay, he's been in the news before for other things. It's not like this was the first go-around with David Hogg. He's done other media blitz before this as a victim of a violent crime. He did one in California. So, I mean, this this dude is not some kind of, like, you know, Parkland victim who all of a sudden, you know, was caught up, and now he is, you know, just, uh, you know, out there trying to spread the good word, man. That's not who David Hogg is. David Hogg is, you know, out for himself, trying to further his career. He even said it, and there's a, a video of it on YouTube. I've seen it, where he said that the whole Parkland thing is going to actually elevate his acting career. He actually believed that. Because it elevated his name in the media. Now people know who he is. Nobody knew who David Hogg was before. Plus, he had conflicting stories. One moment he said that he was present when the entire thing happened. Right? That he saw the whole thing go down as it was happening. And in another uh, interview, he said that he was at home watching it on TV when he decided to go down there. And so, which was it? Were you there the whole time, or, did, or were you watching the media coverage at home, and then you decided to show up? You know, we can't have it both ways here, David. Now you're asking, well, you know, why would he come up with two different stories? Because the, he's, he was a kid, uh, and he was trying to come up with a way to tie himself into this. Okay? That, I mean, that's really what it is. And he was doing it because, yeah, he's, a, he's an actor. I don't think he actually cared. About the uh, the victims, to be honest with you, he cared about himself, and that's that's a sad, sad statement. He's launched the businesses. He has uh, completely left us. I mean, he's you tried to launch a, a pillow company to compete with the My Pillow guy. I mean, really? Why? What's the purpose of that? I mean, what, what kind of point are you trying to make, David Hogg? Now, that failed because, you know, he, this kid's going to be a failure through life. That's the real issue here. Uh, I don't think he's going to do much uh, more than just uh, try to get his name out there for, like, stupid things like uh, that really he should just not even be involved in. And, uh, you know, again, my heart goes out to the families of uh, the Parkland shooting and any shooting in 
in particular. I mean, they, it's just not a good thing to uh, to happen, period. And the kids are the victims, the families are the victims. But, you know, you got to stop the media I'm talking about here. They have to stop putting these uh, fake people on to sell a narrative. Gun violence is a problem in the schools, yes. Uh, if you notice the pattern, they had poor security, uh, cops were, you know, not, they didn't do their jobs properly that, that day. These are things that need to be addressed so these things don't happen. You need to have better security guards guarding the schools and the kids. You know, this stuff didn't happen as uh, wildly as it is now when I was in school as a kid. Now it's gotten a lot worse. But I do remember uh, reading the book Behold a Pale Horse with the William Cooper, and he brought up school shootings in the book. And how in the future, this is going to be a narrative that the uh, government was going to use to take away our guns. And, you know, following these school shootings, what have we been having more and more of? Talk about losing our rights to bear arms, right? You know, they, they're they going after guns. That's what Biden and uh, Beto O'Dork and all these guys, uh, you know, have been uh, preaching the last couple of years. Gun control, man. we got to take away the guns. Slow down, Sleepy Joe. Beto, slow down. All right, guys? Because if you take the guns away from the citizens, you're only making it easier for the criminals to shoot people, okay, and to kill people that now they cannot defend themselves. So slow your roll, Yoko Ono, before you break up the Beatles. Okay, let's let's just uh, slow down for a second. And, you know, here we have a, a case in Ohio, uh, sticking to politics for a minute, where we have this uh, this young girl, look, and uh, again, a terrible situation. We have a, a uh, young 16-year-old girl dead. Nobody wants to see that. No, nobody wants to see uh, a child shot, right, and killed. But... Does the police officer deserve to go to prison for this? And do we deserve riots over this? And looting and uh, other tragedy because of this incident? No. Micaiah Bryant, okay, who is the person who got shot, the 16-year-old girl, was about to stab to death another teenage girl who was holding a puppy. Now, the police officer had a second to react, and you see in the body cam the knife. It looked like a butcher knife, which was about to stab the girl in the pink. The cop reacted in a justified manner. He had to shoot the girl, unfortunately, and he you know, shot her. He had to defuse the situation, and guess what? People stopped fighting. Right, when the cop shot. That was the end of that. And you know who's very happy the cop shot her? The girl in the pink. Because if the cop wouldn't have shot her, she would have been stabbed to death probably. Okay? And I got into it with somebody on Twitter who was like, well, he could have tased her. Not from 15 feet away. The cop had just gotten there. Okay? He's like, what, about 10 feet away when he had to shoot? You really think a girl that size... Getting tased, it's going to do anything. 
I mean, let's be realistic here, folks. She was lunging at her. Even if he tases her, the motion of her lunging at the girl is not going to be stopped. And the girl will still be stabbed. Probably in the face, probably in the body. But she was going to get stabbed, and it would have been a very, very messed up situation for everybody involved. Now, it is a messed up situation for everybody involved, but you did save somebody's life as well. And uh, when that happens, you know, I think people need to react accordingly. You know, Leo Terrell on on Fox said it perfectly. These things need to be taken on an account of a case-by-case not all cops are racist. Not all cops are bad. Some cops have a, a really uh, a terrible line they have to walk, and they have to make decisions in split seconds, which none, none of us want to make. Now, it is irresponsible for a person in the NBA like LeBron James to come out and tweet, you're next, and put a picture of this police officer putting his life and his family life in uh, in danger. And uh, I think LeBron James uh, deserves to get kicked out of the NBA for that. I mean, the guy, look, he's a communist supporter. He supported the CCP many times. And, uh, you know, we've talked about here what they've done with the Uyghur Muslims and the uh, Fulon Gong and how communist China is not exactly our best friends or anybody's best friends for that matter. And they're a communist country. He defends them. And now he's tweeting against this cop and calling this uh, racist. Does he fail to uh, watch the video? Because the the girl in pink is a black lady. So who's the, the cop being racist? The black one or the black one? Does that make any sense? There's no racism in this video. At all. There's, this is not a, a case of a cop being racist. I mean, I don't understand why LeBron James has to open his stupid mouth and make a comment out of this. All he's doing is gaslighting and and adding racial tension where there needs to be none. The cop should be given a medal for crying out loud. He saved a life, okay? He took a life, but he saved a life. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, he, he did pretty damn good considering he had a split second to react you see in the video a guy kicking another person in the head and you see a girl lunging at somebody with a a big ass butcher knife about to murder her but the media doesn't want to cover that way they put these you know really cutesy pictures of the uh, girl that got shot oh look at her cutesy face oh my god look she's such a victim that cop is such a racist Nazi. Nazi cop. Apparently all cops are evil Nazi, you know, fascist. Even when he saves a, a black girl, he's a racist. How does that work? America, you have lost your damn mind. If you think that is racist... If you think the cop reacted wrong in that situation, please, you might want to look into having a lobotomy. Because let me tell you, you are a lunatic, and maybe, just maybe, a lobotomy is right for you. You might want to go to your doctor, your local agent, uh, somebody legally uh, able to put you under and give you a lobotomy.
Now, uh, unfortunately, the, the uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Dr. Death, whatever his name was. He's no longer with us. Uh, Dave, uh, yeah, Kevorkian. That's right, baby. Dr. Kevorkian, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's no longer with us, so you can't call him. But uh, you guys might want to look into, like, ending your own life or rethinking it at least. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Seriously. How is this even, uh, like, uh, a, a deal? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get this. You know, I know people want to say, well, you know, it's highly ironic it happened in the same week of the, the Derek Chauvin verdict. Hours before, actually. I don't care if it happened the, the day George died. George Floyd, that is. I don't care if it, if it happened, you know, the the moment that they were saying the uh, the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. None of that matters. People get shot every day. People do stupid things and get themselves killed every day. Here, here's an idea. <clears throat> okay, for everybody involved. White, black, Latino, doesn't matter. By the way, I'm going on break after this. Here, here's an idea, guys. If you don't want to get shot by the police, don't resist arrest. Don't use weapons. Don't start trying to murder somebody in front of the cops. And if you have a warrant and you're under arrest... Don't go after the cop's gun and cause, uh, you know, your own shooting to happen. Because that's really what's going on here. And I love the body cam because it exposes a lot of this stuff. But you have your hypocrites on the left who are going to continuously say, racist! Even though when it's not. And, uh, you know, even Derek Chauvin, I don't think he, you know, killed George Floyd because he's a racist. I just think he's an idiot. And he was caught up in the moment. You know, shit happened. And he, he was trying to, like, uh, subdue this guy and, and apparently did a little too good of a job of subduing him. And then now he's going to face, you know, serious prison time. And he deserves it. He did wrong and he, and he took a life. Whether, you know, the guy was intoxicated or not, whether he was a criminal or not, which he was, his actions helped take a life. And justice, uh, you know, got to him and... And it, it's unfortunate because the media and the president and Maxine Waters and all these nincompoops had to open their mouth and, and uh, you know, talk all this violent Nazi crap and cause more tension, which might lead to a mistrial. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, guys, I'm going to hit break. And when I return in the next uh, part of the show, the next segment, we'll have our guest from the Spud Goodman Show himself. Mr. Spud Goodman. So, uh, do me a favors. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. I am Angel Espino, of course, the show host with the most. And I say that uh, only because right now I'm trying to boast in front of somebody that I've been a fan of for a very long time, and uh, who, of course, we run here on the network, and uh, we run his show, and it's an amazing show. I'm talking about Gerald, of course. No, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. That's, that sounds good to me. <laughs> no, the man himself, Spud Goodman, is live with me, and in, in, he's drinking his best pink drink. I love that. It's Pepto, man. Uh, you have to I have some Pepto. The Spud, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, man, your show 
is an inspiration to people like myself, and I'm talking about people of Latin color, and uh, you know all, all the people alike. Even though you're my Caucasian brother, I will say I love Thank what you. you do. I love your show. It's a fascinating show. Uh, and for the audience who might be ignorant, uh, let me tell you: if you have not listened to Spud Goodman, well, then you might want to seek a lobotomy. There's something wrong with you. I like that. There is. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been listening to you for years, man. I like the way Angel thinks, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hey, dude, I can barely hear you. Can you speak up? Don't mind. I'm trying. I'm trying to speak up. You know, I'm using. I'm using the microphone from the old from the studio days, and it doesn't seem to be uh, working very well. Well, just speak up. That's all I can say. Just don't mumble. So, so Angel. What's life but, like in Miami? I have to say, I've only been there once. Uh, it just, but it was pretty. It was a pretty damn exciting uh, experience there. It's just, it's it's yep. lively. It's very lively. It, it is. It, Miami is actually great, especially during the winter. And I know a lot of my friends uh, in North uh, America hate to hear that, uh, but it is a lovely, beautiful place during the winter. But let me ask you: Is, is this the reason why you haven't made Gerald your full-time uh, co-host on the show uh, because of situations like this? Because I love Gerald, and I think he should be the full-time co-host. I don't Absolutely. know what's holding him back. In, in very but what's, is, it, is that it right there? Can I, can I say something? No. Let me just say for this, for the record, this man still has AOL as his uh, as his service. Serv- Are you serious? Anyway, yes. Yeah, yes. It's uh, Gerald Holcomb at AOL.com. But anyway. Uh, all right. That was patriotic. Yeah. No, it was not. Yeah, 25 years ago, maybe. It's America online. But let me ask you, uh, Gerald, are you still using MySpace also? Well, I I kept my MySpace account as long as I could, but eventually they they shut it off for me. I didn't didn't cancel. They just MySpace canceled, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Be honest, the page is still up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I can't access it anymore. Oh, I have. It's an embarrassment to the show. I would greatly appreciate if you get your little niece or nephew to take it down. But anyway, all right. Uh, so, yeah. We're, are you good to go now, Gerald? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I've adjusted. I've tried to adjust my microphone level up. Uh, is it any better, guys? It's not bad. I will no, I, we'll, I, I we'll work I with it. I don't have very good equipment, but And I've asked you many, many times. Yeah ask our executive producer Lori if she could requisition me some better equipment um, I doubt that I doubt that's going to happen just make the best of it I mean, I mean I'm pretty much set but you know we only we have to make decisions and priorities and funding with you know with resources you know that's just what can I say so anyway Angel getting back to do you, yeah um, anything else that you, you want to you know cover well uh, you know speaking of Florida where are you you're out of right now you're in California or DC we are in you, Seattle Washington you're in Seattle, Seattle Washington area. and and uh, how are you doing with uh, like the uh, current events over there I mean uh, you know you know the sporting team is not doing too well uh, you know you guys having uh, baseball, that yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys are not doing very well in sports at the moment, well, sadly no, well, enough. Wait a second, though. Our soccer team, Sounders, for our last five, I mean, I mean, they've been in the playoffs every single mm. year in existence. Uh, they're right at this point. I mean, I don't know if you caught the opening weekend, but uh, they, they, they kicked butt, uh, beat Minnesota before zip. 
or nil, I should say. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, we're not exactly uh, uh, have-nots in the NFL, but you're referring to the Mariners, right? Is that what you're trying mm. to say? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah the Mariners, you, you know, you, you know, they're just not good. I mean, what's going on with, with sports in Seattle? And, uh, you know, is this why there's been so many, uh, like, uh, outbursts uh, with riots and stuff? I mean, what's uh, what's been going on over there? Okay. Are they that mad? Uh, I'm really glad. Getting your news from Fox. And mm. I will tell you this, our city has not been on fire. There was a six-block area, first called Chaz, then Chad, right. or other way around. Um, that six-block area, um, everybody else in Seattle that lived outside that area had really no idea, unless they flipped on Fox, that their city was uh, in, you know, in flames. Uh, we, I'm serious. Uh, it was a little overblown, you know, but... Hey, the sweeps were going. I don't know if sweeps were going on that period or not, but whatever. Mm. Here's a question. But I've got to disagree with you there uh, because I was watching Fox and I I felt that they they encapsulated it correctly, what was happening. And and I told you, I was afraid to go up. I haven't been to Seattle in a year. I'm I'm afraid to go up there. I know this, but trust me, it's not on fire. I think the most important question here that we're all missing, guys, is why do they uh, choose to call this place? Uh, Chaz after uh, Chaz Bono. Is is Cher involved in this at all? But that would have been a much smarter idea because those guys were fools that did that. I mean, I I I, I do believe me. Most of us up here don't don't understand uh, some of the goofiness that happens. But Mm. you know, all I want to really set the record straight: Um, Seattle was never out of control on fire, but it did have issues. I mean, it did. There were some knuckleheads that caused some problems, but you know, contrary to what Fox was was presenting, and I guess Jason Rance was on every single day. He's from a conservative uh, radio AM station, uh, FM he's, station. He's up very here. good. Yeah, yeah, I know you love him. I know you love him. So I'll, I'll give him. Yeah, I, well, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, Chaz Bono, Angel. Who who is uh, who who is that? No, yeah, of course you don't. Of course you don't. You know, share. Tell, tell him, right? Angel. Tell him. You know, share is right. Share um, the the she is the singer. Correct. She yes. Had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember, I she she it. used to have a daughter, Chastity. Chastity. Okay. 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 I think I've heard of Chastity. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, in today's world, uh, science has been uh, you know changing, and now it, it appears that a man and a woman could flip sexes. I never knew that. And oh. Chastity now looks more like you than she did before when she was a woman. Okay. Okay. I I got it and I, I think that's why I don't know this this person. So Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I got it. Now it, that actually you know, now that I look at you and I look at her, I'm wondering why we haven't seen you two in the same place at the same time before. Uh, listen. Uh, that that's purely coincidence, I assure. I've talked to him about keeping his options always open. I, I believe mm. in never shutting a door. So, but <laughs> no, no, you got the wrong. You got your no. That's that. Yeah, that's not accurate. But I'll, you, I'll just put that well, one to rest. Thank you. Scott. Well, there you go. We, 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 we could put that one in the uh, in in the uh, archive and uh, make sure that nobody uh, follows up with that. And uh, it's just a, a dead rumor at this point that you're actually not Chaz Bono. I can go. I can go on the record on on your show, Angel, and say I am not. Okay. Perfect. Moving on. 
We'll take that. We'll take that. And now, uh, something that I noticed in your, your, your last uh, podcast that you did, Spud, and it was a brilliant idea. And I might actually do this myself because I, I, I heard this and I was like, my God, this is why, you know, Spud gets the big bucks. And, you know, I'm still like a decade later, I'm here like, you know, broke as, as it could be because this man is on the money. This is so brilliant. Why didn't I think about this? But of course, you know, you 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 didn't think about it yourself. Somebody else did, and you, you ran with it, which is even smarter. I mean, you know, Mark Zuckerberg didn't create Facebook. Somebody else did. He just took it and ran with it. Right. And I think what you you did on your show is brilliant. And I'm talking about the writing your own obituary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That actually, my friend. I got that idea from Mo Rocca. Um, mm-hmm. who we had on, uh, you know, he's on uh, CBS Sunday mornings and he has a PBS show and he wrote mm-hmm. his book, Mobituaries. And, uh, he took various obituaries that, that piqued his interest and just kind of went with it and wrote, wrote a book as if it was a fascinating book. And yeah, that, so it got me to thinking. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of your final act and it's something that should have a lot of thought put into it. And what happens when most people die? They just, whatever family members handy knocks it out in what, 15, 20 minutes and it either gets a little blurb in the paper or whatever. I mean, not a lot of thought. So why not? Why not pre-plan this thing and spend some years staging this thing and, and, and multiple drafts and and do it yourself, uh, first of all. I mean, Angel, would you trust a family member to write your final words? I mean, your description just, of your life? Are you kidding me? I don't trust my family to like even like put me out if I'm on fire. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and, and Gerald, I know your wife is, you know, going to handle yours when your yes, time comes because you trust yeah, your wife implicitly. Yes. How do you feel about that, Gerald? Are you okay with that? I mean, that's, that's tough because you know I, she might I bring up okay. some skeletons in the closet that you don't no, want. No, 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 no. I tr- I trust her completely, uh, but I, I, you know, I was kind of opposed, uh, Angel, to to the idea of Spud writing his um, his eulogy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or his obituary now, because there's still some things that can happen in his life. And what if he misses out on, uh, you know, some important thing that will be included? What about scandal stuff? If anything, I mean, just garbage stuff that's probably going to go down. Because if you live a full life, things happen. I mean, write it now, and hopefully everybody by the, you know, I print it now, or I actually save it on on word and then somebody pulls it up for me when I'm gone. But why do I want to acknowledge stuff that happens later? That's probably going to be bad. So why mm-hmm. negative and make me look horrendous to the public? Why, why would I want that? So now, right now. Yeah. And you'd always add like a, add a, a filler mean, here. You, you know, know like what I'm a, saying? No, 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 no. You could add like a line, or, you know, on the obituary saying, uh, for anybody who wants to add, you know, something I missed. No, that's the thing. If you open it up to comments, you are, uh, if this, I won't use the F word, but yeah, you don't, you just don't want to open it up. If you open it up, everybody, it's like Wikipedia page. Everybody mm. can update it. And from their perspective, do you really want that? Do you really want people to take pot shots at you forever? It's, that's a good point. It's kind of like opening Pandora's box, right? Like, exactly. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, a good that, point. That would not be a good idea for Spud. No. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people, not just Spud. Can you imagine yeah. like, uh, Oh man, so like Harvey Weinstein. Imagine if somebody uh imagine when they write his obituary. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds like a, one is a control freak that wants to maybe, you know, go this route and write their own obituary, but you know, I think later uh I I just I, I can't see how people would challenge it, but you know, mm. I, my my co-host here continues to criticize it and 
you know, it's made his position clear. So I, you know, anyway. Different yeah. No, I, different I, I love the idea. I love the idea. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it myself, and I'm, I'm gonna do a very like a novel and, and, and book, you know, like way. I'm not doing it just like a cheap obituary. I'm gonna start off with like it was a dark and stormy night. The oh. hospital was under siege, and it was the worst case scenario. He stopped breathing. Angel Espino has passed. Right. You know, Here's a here's a big point to it, and I don't know if you thought about this, but this mm-hmm. is this is what makes me feel pretty good about it. There are no fact checkers with obituaries. Remember that. That's very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. See, another good. This is why again, big bucks, broke bucks. I get nothing. Ah, <laughs> uh, now you know you've been on the radio for a long time, also, Spud. I mean, you're you're going on what uh, a decade at least, twenty years. How long have you been on radio? Well, I did start it in cable TV. That's where my background is in television. Right. And then uh, switched over to radio about eight years ago. Mm, That's okay. kind of yeah, I, I retired yeah, I for a while, that. did some other stuff, uh, and then decided, yeah, what the hell, and uh, very much enjoy radio. And um, you take away the pictures, the major benefit of radio is, you know, we, you know, I mean, you can just look whatever way you want to look, but with pictures like we have now, you actually got to like take a shower or something. But uh, I like radio because yeah. you know they don't have to see you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you look good on the radio, Spud. There you go. All right. You know, I've often gotten that also that I have a, a face for radio and a, a and a voice for uh, well for customer service. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I, I don't know what that means, you know, but uh, I think it's like a double disc. Maybe. What do you think? It could be, but. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, I try not. Well, I try not. There's a couple of things I try not to do, but thinking is one of them, and mm-hmm. thinking too much is the other one that I try not to do. Right. It's just, it's too much. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, uh, moving on from the obituary stuff, because that's kind of morbid, uh, but I do love the idea, I will say. Yeah, we were talking to Joe that. Coy about it, and he, he was on the show, we were discussing it, and he definitely did not like the idea at all. He thought it was extremely morbid, and he wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I respect that, you know, but anyway, anyway, we can move hey, on. Hey, he's, he's a comedian, Spud. He's, he's supposed to be making people laugh. Yeah, but he's, you know? yeah, he, he think he as he said he has his you know he doesn't want to be thinking about that. I mean, he's just people. A lot of people are like that. They don't want to think about their final days. You know, mm. I I just tried to get ahead of the curve. That's really what I'm talking about. Well, well today the way we're, we're, the way we're it is today. Well, well, it would be that too. But with the way things are today, I know the final days might be tomorrow. So you you, you got to like you know start thinking about it now. Uh, you know, we're, we're in scary times, and I'm not just talking about the WNBA wanting to play with the NBA. That's scary in itself. Uh, but we're in scary times all the way around. Now, uh, you know, you've been doing this show for 80 years on radio. You, you did TV. Who's your favorite guest you've had on so far? Because you, you have a lot of celebrities that are on your show. Well, you know, mostly when, I, when I've, I've been asked that question a lot, and it really, I don't know if it's for all sh- talk show hosts, but... For me, it's more like the connection rather than the mm. person's body of work. Um, and everybody, you know, that's done this kind of stuff has established a connection with with certain people. For me, um, the kind of two, you know, uh, people that I would come to top towards the top of my list. Uh, one would be Ed Asner. I love Ed Asner a lot as as just a uh, just a he's just a special person. 
And mm-hmm. JB Smoove uh, would be another one of my all-time favorite guests. I just, I don't know, something, something about him. I just, I click with him, and in terms of doing my job when when I interview him, it's just so much fun. I just, yeah. So those two would be towards the, the top of my list. I've done a lot of people over the years because I'm old and I've been around a long time, and I've done people that people would maybe say, well, what about that person? But you know from interviewing people, mm-hmm. there are many that you will do a 5, 10, 15-minute interview, and it really, there's no connection it's whatsoever. Tough. Yeah, it's it tough, just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, and just others, it, it just works. You just, maybe you just well, love the person and it works. I don't know. Well, here's the follow-up to that. Who's your least favorite interview? Because I have, uh, you know, I have a favorite and least favorite also from doing this for a decade. So who's your least favorite? Well, there's a couple. Uh, one would be Newt Gingrich. Uh, he, he I, might be yes, a, I see that. I can see that being a... a <laughs> probably the other would be Suzanne. Job. Suzanne Summers would probably be my other one. Not that she's a horrible person or anything, but... She just, you know, uh, took control of the interview, and I never got a, you know, I don't know. It was just, it seemed like an infomercial, so I, I wasn't uh, really happy with that one. But I don't know. How about you? Who are your favorite and least favorite? Well, I would say my favorite interview that I've had on, besides, you know, this right now. I mean, this is legendary. Spud and um, Gerald on my show, yeah. you know, you guys are, yeah. you know, inspirations. Uh, but if I had to choose somebody else that is not on the call tonight, somebody completely different, I would say uh, I had Travis Walton on my show years ago, and I don't know if you're familiar with Travis. Are you guys familiar at all with him? No, hit me with hit, give me some background. Okay, in 1975, uh, which is a couple of years before I was born, so uh, 1975 in Arizona, there was a uh, crew of loggers who were out logging for wood. And, uh, which is often what loggers do, I think. And, uh, they're out there logging, chopping away. And from across the field, they noticed what looked like a giant fire in the sky. And so they drove the truck over to this, what looked like a fire, thinking maybe it was an airplane that crashed or something. They did see their survivors. And when they got up close, it was a UFO. And it was hovering in the middle of the woods. Travis got out of the truck, uh, you know, to get a closer view. When he approached uh, close enough to the object, something hit him like a beam of energy and knocked him out cold. Uh, Travis spent the next five days disappeared. The uh, people on the uh, truck, as you can imagine, seeing that happen, took off and uh, immediately went to the uh, nearest town and called for uh, for law enforcement to come out, and, and the FBI were involved. There was a four-day manhunt in Arizona looking for Travis. Uh, this became a legendary case in ufology. In fact, they uh, made the movie called Fire in the Sky based on this one event, uh, hmm. which was based on his book, The Travis Walton Experience, uh, which is the most famous case of alien abduction in the entire world. And uh, it had FBI agents involved. They had you know media. Uh, again, there was a national manhunt. They've taken over a dozen lie detector tests. The people involved in uh, the truck, the crew members, all took mm-hmm. lie detector tests. They all passed over a dozen lie detector tests. Travis, mm-hmm. when they were when he was returned, which was five days later, um, at first didn't remember much, but over time, you know, memories started coming back. And he took lie detector tests, and he's passed every single one of them, also, and over a dozen uh, up to now. Uh, so it's a very iconic and legendary case because there's like no holes in the case. His story has never changed. 
It's been consistent for over 40 years. And uh, I know him and uh, Mike Rogers, who's the guy driving the truck. I know him also very well. They're good friends of mine, and I've had them both on the show. In fact, Mike Rogers was played in the movie uh, by uh, Robert Patrick, who played the Bad Terminator oh, in yeah. Terminator oh, yeah. 2. Yeah. Yeah, and he also played John Doggett in The X-Files. So, you know, very mm-hmm. uh, famous actor played him in the movie. Uh, the movie kind of fibbed a little bit of the alien stuff. Because they, you know, Hollywood spices everything up. You know how Hollywood is. Uh, but oh, yeah. the the book is amazing. When you read the book and you actually, you know, understand what happened to them, it's an incredible story. Uh, so that would probably be like my favorite guest that I've had on because of the the historical like aspect. And considering that now uh, we're getting all this UFO stuff in the public with the Pentagon and they're admitting that yeah, these things are real. You know, so, but what do you think about that? that? When are they going to release the final stuff? Because that's still pending, right? The, yeah, I'm, in, I'm into yeah. that stuff. i got to say I am. And I know Gerald feels that there's a lot of d- demonic influences, and he just he tends to poo-poo it. You know, and I don't want to speak for you, but you do have your issues with this, correct? Well, yeah. You, you know, the, 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 the problem I have is there's no mention of anything like this in the good book. And, there, you know, I've never heard my pastor talk about any of it. I've Actually, there is. What, what, what? Tell me. Have you ever heard of Ezekiel's wheel in the sky? What do you think that is? Well, I have heard of the it. Ne- have you heard of the Nephilim? No, I don't know what it is. Have you ever heard of the Nephilim? No. Okay, they're in, they're in the good book. They're in the Bible. The Nephilim were the uh, giants of antiquity who were uh, were the gods' kids. Basically, these are the 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 kids of the gods of seated earth. In the Bible, they're called fallen angels. The Nephilim. These uh, fallen angels seated with the uh, with humans on earth, which is kind of strange, and they created a, a race of humans. Now, here's the 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 best part about this, Gerald. Uh, you know, the, you know the Bible. You're, you're a religious person. Uh, yes, you, you, yes, you know, I do. you know the story of Adam and Eve. I'm sure, right? Of course, of course. God created Adam and Eve, first man and woman. You know the whole thing. She ate the apple of tree of knowledge. Yes. Screwed everybody, as women normally do. Uh, but here's the kicker: they had two kids, right? Uh, Cain and Abel. You yes, know, that's and right. you know the story. Cain got pissed because Abel was watching this porn. I don't know what it was, and uh, he he decided, you know what, I'm going to kill my brother because that's what the, the first, British do. The first murder, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I think this is the first black on black crime because, as we know, all, all people are black from antiquity. There's no white in in history. Uh, Jesus is a black man, as we now know. Uh, so, Cain uh, kills Abel, and you God know, says, I saw oh. on Fox News. I don't know, Angel. I'm just going to jump in here. You mm-hmm. know that the the, the, the Oh, I think they're Spud pretty Brooks. much going with white. I just wanted to say that. Just okay. Continue though. Well, okay. Well, we could debate uh, Jesus's color later, but uh, let's no, just say. Well, for... I believe you. I'm just saying. No, I I know he was not. You know, I know that for a fact. I'm just saying. All I'm saying, uh, skin of bronze. A little white. Skin like bronze, hair like wool. That sounds like a brother from the yeah. ghetto. Like I'm not saying. Yeah, no, that's in the yes, good book. Yes. Now, yes. Cain kills Abel. And God says, okay, while well, I, I promised I was going to kick your folks out of the Garden of Eden, I really didn't do that. But now you've done piss God off. So now, Cain, I'm kicking you out of the Garden of Eden for reals, for real this time. Because God changed his mind, apparently. I don't know. Somewhere through there, he just, you know, had a brain fart. And uh, he kicks uh, Cain out of the Garden of Eden for real this time. And then somehow, after a journey, you know, his journey around the land that is Earth, Cain finds a village. 
full of people where he marries and has kids of his own. Now, here's the question. I'm going to put this as, and Gerald, I want you to answer this uh, because this is a very important question. And I'm going to give it to you, and we'll give it to you in a very Seinfeld kind of way. Who are these people? Okay, okay. Th- th- this this is a uh, a fair question, and uh, my understanding, Angel, is y- y- I've been taught that God made other people, including other uh, uh, people of of the female persuasion, mm-hmm. uh, that that then Cain would would have started a family. With. Uh, but here's but the question, though: Doesn't the, in the Bible. but here's the question, though: If Adam and Eve were the first. Doesn't that yes. mean? Doesn't the first mean like the first? I mean, there there's nothing else before, right? So yeah, they, for, they were the first, yes, for sure. The, okay, the Bible's very specific about that. Okay, so if they were the first and they had Cain and Abel, yes. and Cain, when he was a young teen, kills his brother. Okay, because that's yes. the way it happened. How was he able to go to a village with? Kids were old enough to be, you know, his age, who had parents who were older than, older than Adam and Eve. Okay, you guys are losing me here, so well, um, it's getting a little. Yeah, yeah. Angel, <laughs> Google this. Can, can I Google the Bible right now while you guys are talking? Hang on. <laughs> so, Spud, I think that'd be a great idea if you would do that. I've I've been asking you for years to to read the Bible, and by the way, my invitation stands. You can join us for church this Sunday. We're back with live uh, in, in-person services, so you, you are invited once again. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go to church also, but I got kicked out when I started asking questions. Yeah, you don't ask questions. That's, the, that's one of the things I learned. You don't. You just yeah. don't. But look, can, yeah. we, can we get off the topic of religion, please? Just, oh, you know, it's just okay. not – I'm not anti-religion so much. I'm organized anti-organized religion. I am. So let's just let's just move on. Okay. Let's let's move on to this because I know you also have a resident psychic, and uh, yes, I, I you know that's also something that we deal with a lot on the show here. We, you know, I, I'm a big uh, big proponent of psychic abilities. Uh, mm-hmm. how, uh, how much do you uh, follow the you know the, the whole psychic ability thing? Do you believe uh, in psychics? Well, uh, I don't not believe because. Why close the door? Uh, mm, he, good point. The, our, our, our psychic, resident psychic, is Mr. Ted Marr. He, mm-hmm. uh, he travels the world, actually. Uh, we're very fortunate to have him. He, he, you know, I mean, Gerald, obviously, I can't speak for you. I'll let you, you know, you can cover this. But I know you have extreme problems with, with, with what he has to say. You do feel I, that it's not according to the Bible. and I, Yeah, it, well, it is. In, your teachings. And, and, I, I think I think Ted Mart is a very nice gentleman, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I appreciate him uh, being part of the Spud Goodman show. Uh, and he has mentioned a lot of things that I frankly think are straight from the devil. It's possible. It, yeah. it is possible. Have, have you guys not thought about maybe asking him for the lottery numbers? Because I know they can't give it to themselves. Yeah. Maybe we they can hook you guys up. No, we cut, we definitely. I was one of the second or third questions on the way he first came on the show. I hit him up on that angle. He uh, even he. I mean, he he's not even been successful in his own life trying to, you know, work that angle. Just hit the, you know, no the answer. I, I, I love when you ask a psychic, well, why can't you win the lottery? It's like, well, you know, we can't benefit out of our own uh, abilities. 
but wait a second, you, you sell, uh, you know, your readings, you're benefiting there. Um, yeah. Uh, it, contradicting. It, it, this Ted has told us that he, he actually, he, he, he does a lot of free work. He doesn't, I don't think he, he hasn't laid out the fact that I don't, I don't use this for, 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 for like gambling purposes. Mm. He doesn't try the, the moral angle. He just said, uh, it, you know, it's not something he's been successful with. So he's, a, he's, he's very honest with us. He's a good man. That makes man. sense. Yeah. You know, he is By a good way, man. Uh, yeah. Angel, when, when Spud first asked Ted uh, to give him some lottery numbers, Ted said, I knew you were going to ask me. He's, yeah. well, he's psychic, of course. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure he also knew that attaching himself to the Spud Goodman show was probably the bestest idea ever. I hope so. I hope we haven't killed his uh, whatever uh, business or whatever, but yeah, I, he's still with us, so maybe not. No. Yeah, last I heard, he was in I... Switzerland at some symposium or something, but anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. And, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you have brought him at least. 20 to 30 extra clients, at least. Thank you for that, even if it's not true. Appreciate that. Wow. I feel, yeah, put some pep in my step. All right. There you go. Speaking of pep, I know I know you, you're, you're a big proponent of Pepto-Bismol, the, the best pink drink in the planet, I, I Nectar say. Nectar of the gods. Nectar yes. Nectar of the gods. Right here, that's blood in my veins. I drink a lot of that also. Uh, now, uh, my, my question to you, though, because uh, I know your history again on TV, radio, you've done a lot of interviews. Uh, how much Pepto do you have to drink when you're interviewing somebody like, say, Louie Anderson? Oh, yeah, I've had, we've had Louie on a bunch, and, uh, and nuts, I haven't – well, getting back to what I said before, during the Suzanne Summers one, I went mm-hmm. through a bottle and a half because I, wow. I got in – this is, and thank you very much – that's pretty much it. So I went through a bottle and a half on that one. Um, on the give and take interviews with people, you know, that were, were kind of clicking, uh, I don't get that many swigs in. Um, I mm. usually have to do that on my private time, and on, you know, if there's any breaks in the show and music and stuff, I'll I'll, I'll get you know some big swigs in. Uh, yeah. Anyway. And following I, I, up, I, I think Spud right. drinks way too much Pepto Bismol, Angel. And and depending on how much mm. you drink, I I just I'm going to say to you the same thing I've said to Spud. This is masking a bigger problem. Uh, Pepto-Bismol is not designed to be consumed daily. Really? Really? It, ha, ha, if you could have seen the results mm, from the last know. colonoscopy, you would be so freaking jealous. Yes. Let me say that. Okay. Well, I don't want to know. The, the, I don't even want to see the pictures on that. They were pristine. Okay? <laughs> well, I'll take your word for that, my friend. That's right. Uh, now, follow up to that question in chat here. Uh, they, they're asking me, say, ask him about Michael Moore and how much does he need Pepto-Bismol when interviewing Michael Moore? Well, you know, we had Michael on our television show, but I will say this. I had my late father handle that interview. Uh, I think I had something to do, and I sent my father to do it. Uh, and he really hit it off with Michael Moore, really oh. very much. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he was my dad. Uh, they were did his bonded. Uh, it's, I think it's on our website that interview. Uh, yeah, and if not, it should be because it's a really good interview. I did. I didn't even. I've never spoke to the man. So, mm. yeah. okay. Well, there you go. The uh, question in chat has been answered. Never actually spoken to Michael Moore, which actually might be a blessing in disguise. You know. There's a little resemblance uh, with Michael Moore and uh, Louis Anderson also. They've never been seen together either. wonder why. Love Louis. Love Louis. Yeah. Louis is a cool guy. I, mean, I, I won't lie. He's actually a pretty, uh, 
pretty funny comedian also. And uh, have you seen him in Coming to America too yet? Um, you know, I've uh, I've not seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of his stand-up work, and I was a huge fan of Baskets. I mean, I yeah. freaking love that show. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he, he got, got an Emmy. So, uh, yeah. There you go. And by the way, I'm also getting a question here. They want to know, how is Aunt Dorothy? And to let her know that she has the best laugh on all radio. Uh, well, Which Gerald, I agree. She has a good laugh. You handle yeah. that. Take well, it, Gerald. Spuds, Spuds Aunt Dorothy is mm-hmm. a, a sweetheart of a woman. And she is, as she'll, as she'll remind you, she is a volunteer laugher. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Spud is sometimes, in my opinion, a little bit critical. Uh, sometimes when, when she gives a guffaw and he wanted to chortle, uh, you, yeah, know, you know, uh, they're at odds a little bit. But um, uh, She just needs I, to step I, up. Yeah, well, she yes, does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But, but she, will, she will point out to him it's the best he's going to get uh, for no money. Well, That's true. She's family, no. okay? Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, Spud, the top-notch laughers—they command a lot of dough. Mm-hmm. Right. I and mean, that's why we you, don't have them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't kick a couple books down her way. I mean, she has a great laugh. She does. You know, Angel. I don't know if you know about this. You start, you know, paying people appropriately. You know, like a prevailing wage, and pretty soon they expect benefits and like yeah, that's true. Like a sick day off from you know now yeah. and then. You just open up. You know, you don't want to go down that road. No, yeah, no, another one to like give uh, fifteen dollars uh, like minimum wage, you know. So you got to at least pay the minimum wage. I mean, come on, what kind of stuff is that? No, uh, no. Hey, I'm a big proponent of the minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour. But do I want to pay it myself? Uh, see, I, it's not my. Actually, it's the radio station. So what am I saying? I mean, I I told them they should pay her fifty bucks an hour. But at this point, they said that would have that have to come out of my salary. So Ooh. you know, and you, know, you have to make decisions in life, right? Yeah, I think it. I think it's too much. I, I've been the number two salesman at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum for seven years running, and I still don't make oh, fifteen dollars an hour. Oh boy! All right. Yeah, the guy sells linoleum on the side. I mean, it, it's mm. a legit gig. I'm not going to knock it. I mean, well, you got to pay the bills. It's not on the side. It's it's my main job because Angel, to your point, I can't get a livable wage. Working for Spud Goodman. Uh, don't blame me. Well, it's not. Is it my fault that I'm not? No, hired, I'm not. I'm not marketable. I'm not. You know. I mean, come on. Don't blame me. No, no. Blame the marketplace. Nobody. Nobody's gonna blame you. This is a network issue, and I face this myself on the network here on PSN Radio. And uh, I understand uh, what they're going through, and I understand what what Spud means uh, when he says that. Listen. He has to make a living, guys. You know, he has to provide for himself. You know, to you know. I understand. But... making a living. Well, uh, you have a you have a job though, so then you know other things and yeah, I, you at least I, have I income, you know. Jobs. Yeah, yeah, and you, as as you should have two jobs, you know. Yeah, but I, it costs a lot to keep my pets. So Chewy dot com, all my all my you know? script, all you know the the stuff that gets shipped to me, it's it's expensive. Mm. Yeah, all right, and you and you got to buy stuff on Amazon and all these other places, and you know, Wish and. You know, every time you buy something, you got to spend money, man. And, you know, money needs to be spent. Spud needs to take care of himself. That's why he's, you know, one of the best doing it, whether, you know, he gets the ratings or not. Shipping's what gets you. And, Gerald, if, if finances are tight, you really might want to sit down with your wife, and you might want to think about taking a third job because, you know, mm-hmm. it's all about yes. the hustle. So, I mean, 
you're, if you're not making your ends meet, then you well, really need to take some action. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. full time at South Seattle Carpet Linoleum. Then I'm the co I'm the per- temporary permanent temporary permanent temporary permanent. What does that even mean? I, you know? Temporary. You know, as far as I'm concerned, my friend, you should be the full time co-host. But I'm look. I, I'm you. not. I'm not running the show. I'm just you know. Thank I'm you. just a fan. I'm sharing this. I'm sharing this with Lori's Spud. Then where Angel may I ask you this: Where will where his motivation come from at that point? You got you got to think about the you got to play the long game. You know mm, that's all I'm saying. Good point. So. Yeah, that's a good point. No, no, yeah, no, that's it. Gerald, he makes an excellent point. Well, yeah, but but think of how much more I could contribute to the show and your ideas well, if I wasn't also at. At South Sea Art Carpet and Linoleum. Yeah, I don't think you need to give them any more free plugs. And Angel, let me ask you this. <laughs> um, speaking of co-hosts, I mean, mm-hmm. I have I've been on the record uh, for years that that co-hosts are uh, are an appendage that is no longer necessary. Uh, and I see in your studio, I, you know, I don't see a co-host uh, around you right now. And you're more than able to survive and and flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, what what is your position on a, having a co-host? A well, sidekick. I, I have a, a, you can't see him here because he's behind the other side of the wall here, and uh, it's a producer, Petey, who uh, we don't allow uh, in public uh, just because he's kind of a goofy-looking dude. Uh, and I've had co-hosts before, oh. and i tell you what, one thing I love about co-hosts is when I need to cough, I can mute myself and they can talk for a second. But the problem is they all eventually want to get paid. And again, like you said, you know, then you yes. got to start paying them and, you know, now I understand exactly what you mean, Spud, because you know a lot yeah. of this, the the you know, the money comes out of my own pocket. I'm the the owner of the network. You know, I feel you. Why do you think corporate America keeps everybody on temporary? Yeah, I mean, I didn't come up with this idea. Don't blame me. Well, Mm-mm. it's the American way. Well, you could you could you could put in a word for me, Spud. It's your show. There's I'm telling you the- what. Uh, Gerald, I was on your side in the beginning, but I'm starting to see more of Spud uh, side yeah. on this one. Oh. Yeah. Well, well Pat is only starting to draw from him. Okay. You be able to help me. Well, yeah. He just look around in the studio, and I think we can end this topic because he has no co-host. Because why? He's a very smart man. Okay. Okay. Enough said. Yes. I, I do want I, to say yeah. one thing about his studio, if I may, Angel. I noticed you have a picture of the great Bruce Lee right over your computer monitor. And, yes, you know, that's a, he's a Seattle guy. That's a yep. greetings from the Pacific Northwest uh, yep. every time you look at Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee uh, was an inspiration of mine growing up. Actually, I took martial arts. I know I don't look it, uh, but I took martial arts for 11 years until I got poked in one of my eyes. And my mom was like, okay, no more fighting in karate for you. I was like, but mom, I, I really like karate. I want to be like Bruce Lee. And she goes, no, he's an actor. You're not. <laughs> He was, was like, an actor, well, but he was so much more than that, don't you think? I mean, he, he was the yeah. real deal. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, that the, you know, Jit Kune Do, the one, you know, inch punch. I mean, come on. If you don't if you don't know, like, uh, you know, how legendary Bruce Lee is, uh, you, you just, you've been living under a rock. And again, you might want to seek therapy and follow that up with a possible lobotomy. Cause, yeah. <laughs> That that thirty for, th- you know, yeah. Anyway, never mind. The, the, the ESPN thirty for thirty, 30, for 30 uh, thing that on him was amazing. But, you know. Yeah. Spud, did, oh, yeah. did you ever interview Bruce Lee? No, no. I sure wish I could have. Uh, no, not, that would not. That did, did not happen in my career, in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, you might have been able to interview maybe Brandon Lee before he passed yeah. away. I mean, that that yeah. was a little closer to your to the beginning of your right. uh, experience on TV. 
Uh, what are your thoughts of like Brandon's, uh, you know, quick career? I mean, I miss Brandon Lee. His uh, the Crow movie was awesome. Yeah, it was a tragic death. Yes. Yeah. He could have been a, a contender. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That, sorry. Uh, the audience was just like, man, he just took it down a, a really dark path there. <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty dark death. Uh, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, another question here coming in from chat room. Uh, let's see. Do you collect any props? Uh, okay, the one of you collect props from any like big famous interviews you've done before. Like, have you been given props for like interviewing actors or anything like that? Hmm. Well, I remember. Let me. See. That's a really good question, but I. I kind of always been working from the area. I've never asked for an autograph ever. You know, when I did my TV show for, I never did because I, and I had to, you know, I asked everybody else not to do that also. So no, I never really got into the memorabilia thing with guests. I always, you know, when you're kind of a underdog working in a legit business with people that, I mean, we were always kind of the, uh, I don't know what word you would like to use, but we, we were outside uh, the, the system and, you know, uh, I, I tried to play it where we didn't try to take advantage of uh, the generosity of uh, – we got some fairly – some guests that I, I was surprised we got. And I just didn't want to push the envelope any more than uh, doing my sh- whatever I do with them. I didn't, You know, I think I, it's always enough to get out alive and uh, not have any major issues. So, no, I've never asked for an autograph ever in my career, actually. Spud, you did have you did have several guests uh, take a swig of Pepto Bismol, though. Yes, that that yeah. I mean, they've asked for some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember James Edward almost took a massive swig uh, on camera, so we got that uh, right. It, my bottle, there was only backwash left, and it was on like mm. the bottom of the bottle. But uh, he, I, he was he was just an amazing. He, I loved I loved that man. So anyway, maybe that's what caused some of the that uh, acne. Issues that he had in the past. It was post. It was. It was not. I mean, you know, I think that was from a few years ago. But please don't blame no. that on me. That makes me feel like kind of. <laughs> anyway. uh, I was going to ask you: Have you ever met Seal? He had the same kind of problem. Or was that think, something that happened in Africa? Think, Spud, uh, have you ever interviewed Seal, Spud? No. Not since I've been on the show. Wasn't you right now? I did not hear the question. Oh. Or- yeah, you you faded out for a second there. No, I was going to say uh, that, that maybe he had the same issue that Seal had, the uh, singer. Remember? Oh no, I heard that. <laughs> but what was the what was the follow up? Oh, we, uh, Angel was asking if you had ever interviewed uh, uh, Seal. Not. No. Yeah, I don't think he has, Gerald. I don't think he has. Uh, no. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, connection is a little off there. Uh, well, we're almost out of time here on the show, uh, Spud. Um, the website, and let's let's go over the uh, website info because I want everybody to uh, make sure they, they check out the podcast and the, the archive because it's a long list of great episodes you've done, and uh, you you're like what on 152 now or something like that for the podcast. Uh, 252. 252. Okay, 252. Yeah. Uh, tell the audience, uh, you know, where they can uh, catch the uh, the shows and uh, download the podcast. Um, pretty simple. Just go to spudgoodman.com. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Just like me, angelespino.com. See, the, yeah. the, the great minds make it easy. 
Yeah, that was that was set up for me because yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I have I have a little bit of ADHD, so let's just make it simple. That's it. There you go. And uh, maybe next time we have you on, which hopefully will be uh, soon, uh, we could uh, name Gerald here uh, full time, uh, temporary full time, uh, you know, maybe uh, yes. a full time host, co host. Yes. What do you think? Maybe? Angel. No. Yes. Uh, that is a great idea. But, That's a goal. That, let's make but, that our goals, bud. But with with no financial agreements attached. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Okay. 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 I mean, to start. Yeah. To start with. Yeah. Okay. Well, this explain? has been a pleasure. I want to say this has been a pleasure to uh, to come on your show, uh, Gerald. Uh, do you have anything to say? No, Angel. It was, it was it was wonderful being on your show. Thank you for having us, the Spud Goodman Show cast, on your show. I, I love being part of it, and I know. Uh, you know, this is very, it spuds up very late uh, for him right now. So I appreciate him. Uh, I'm getting a little cranky. The whole hour. Yeah, <laughs> yes. a little cranky. Yeah. Luckily for him, he has a lot of Pepto-Bismol left, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. Thank you for uh, for being here with me tonight. And uh, look forward to have you guys uh, back on the show. And uh, again, uh, please give all my love to Aunt Dorothy. We love Aunt Dorothy. We'll do so. You just take care. Ciao. There you go, folks. That is the great Spud Goodman and the awesome uh, Gerald, the sometime, uh, part-time, maybe uh, co-host, and maybe one day full-time co-host of the Spud Goodman Show. So uh, until next time, folks, this is Inside Jackal's Head, and we will catch you on Sunday with more show. On the flip side, take care, everybody.